0: Hello, Lasana, how are you? I'm alright. How
1: was yours?
2: Alright, thanks. So, we ready to start? Oh, sure. Okay, perfect.
1: Let's do it.
2: So this was a live report at the time. That's why this format looks a bit different. Um... Do you want to read out the
0: first article?
3: I'll let you do it.
2: Okay. Concern as more older people catching COVID, to be clear, this is under the COVID category for t- this week's episode. Um yes. the health secretary says he is concerned about COVID cases rise- rising in older people, adding that NHS has had a f- has a few rocky weeks ahead and on that note actually my nan tested positive today NHS England figures show COVID related staff absences have trebled since early December about one in eight hospital trusts have declared critical incidents in order to redeploy staff and resources I read two words as one then more than 15 people in the UK would have tested positive for COVID in the last week of 2021. More than one in 15, not more than 15. I imagine there was a lot more than 15 people. Mm. Infections have been rising in all regions except London, where a slowdown looks possible. Meanwhile, about 1,800 armed forces personnel out of supporting the NHS response across the UK with 200 sent to London's hospitals which is a good sign because it means that with the hospitals are finally getting the support they need mm. this article
3: this article just proves that COVID really isn't going well here though
2: yeah. Oh my gosh. Not exactly Remem-
1: looking pretty. No, I, I am. To... I am waiting to look on the news to see when the schools are going to close. I really hope they do. Yeah, well,
3: it wouldn't surprise me. I highly doubt that we... we're going to get out. Hmm. I just can't believe Ooh, back be, in be... 2020, before we said it'd be. Over, that was a loader, of- yeah, in mean, the second year of it, yeah, preferred, but
0: yeah,
2: but really isn't looking good so far,
1: mm.
2: I highly doubt the, un- the be- only
1: reason we haven't actually gone into a lockdown is because it's not actually it's not actually as- in quotation marks, as bad some of the yeah. other strains, it's, it's, uh, people I, are still getting infected, so that yeah, still be. I down also anyway. think
2: another reason is if we go into another lockdown, it means the vaccines aren't working, although it's starting to become apparent that they're not working as well as we thought they would, especially with the Omicron variant. But I don't think Boris wants to face that. no I don't think he wants to have I mean, to stand up there in that studio and say the vaccine isn't working. We're going into lockdown pretty much.
1: I mean, it's just because this um this strain basic is like isn't affected by the vaccine, probably because it's like gotten it, I don't want to say used to it but. It's developed a uh, immunity or some description.
3: Yeah.
2: Shall we move on to the next article?
1: Yes, I believe we shall. What can I? You want me to read this out?
2: Okay, so far these have been for the BBC, to be clear.
1: Yes, so again with COVID news, vaccines for all every four to six months, not needed, says expert. So uh, they've said, vaccinating everyone on the planet against COVID-19 regularly is not sustainable, neither is it affordable. A UK vaccine scientist has said. Uh, Professor Sir Andrew Pollard, who helped develop the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine vaccine vaccine, uh said said the most at risk should be identified and prioritised instead. He said the vaccine had vaccine rollout had gone extremely well in the UK, but other parts of the world were falling behind. Booster jabs have been offered to all eligible adults in the UK. Now, as, as we know, there's been like a really big rise in Omicron cases in the UK with a record of 218,724 cases reported on Tuesday. Uh, This figure includes a backlog of two days' worth of cases from Wales and four days of cases from Northern Ireland. Sorry, that was a terrible accent.
2: (laughs) Even though that's Uh, technically altogether an extra six days, or just an extra four days if you can add it properly, that's still an outrageously high number. Mm. 218,000. And cases.
1: In six days,
3: yeah. D four, you said four. But it just shows like how much Omicron is actually affecting Yeah. The
1: UK. I mean like people are saying like, don't say it's like a milder because it isn't. So, some people are getting it like really lightly, and some some people are getting like really really bad. And I think it's just because of their people. It's um to people who haven't gotten vaccinated yet.
2: Yeah. So at, the say, at the same time, with that, as I said earlier, my nan's tested positive today. And over the past week, she has been really unwell, and she's had all three doses of the vaccine.
3: Hmm. No, it's really not looking good for the UK at the minute, though. I move on to the next article. Uh, yeah.
1: Right, I'll let you do this one.
0: Okay.
2: Actually, you can do this one because I want to read out the next one.
1: Okay, right. So, COVID again. Subtitle. What a surprise! Uh, hospital. know, absolutely. Um, hospital trusts declare critical incidents over staff shortages. Unsurprisingly, several se- several uh, s- s- several hospital trusts have declared. Critical incidents amid staff shortages and rising pressures due to COVID-19. Hosp- University Hospitals of Morecambe Bay, NHS Trust, Blackpool Teaching Hospitals, and Great Western Hospitals in Wiltshire have been hit all have all been hit hard. There we are. Erithford Hospital in Plymouth has problems offloading ambulances and has recorded nearly 500 staff. Absences. Critical incidents are declared when health bosses are concerned they cannot provide priority services. This includes treat- treatment for cancer and or heart disease patients. Speaking in Downing Street conference earlier, Prime, Mon- Prime, Minister? Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that the NHS was facing huge pressures and yet didn't do anything about it. Sorry but uh, he said services would be disrupted by staff absences but pledged to fortify the health service to withstand the pressures and protect the supply oh,
2: this is getting ridiculous now because the purpose of the other lockdowns were because of other st- was be- was because of the NHS struggling now they're struggling again and I'm pretty sure it is because of the vaccines once again
3: We're
0: once
2: again, I'm pretty sure it's because of the vaccines, but we're not going into lockdown and with how the pressure is rising on the NHS and how there's so many so- there's so many staff shortages and everything I think, at this point, it really is needed. I would say even if it's not a full lockdown, but the cases always seem to peak when schools go back. So, it probably would need to be a full one.
1: Even though kids aren't, like, especially... Kids can get it back, get it really bad, kids can die. But they're not as, but they're not as susceptible. Yeah. That's not the correct word. They don't get it as bad as some uh, yeah. adults do. Even so, it's still very. It can hit them very hard. And I think that's the main reason because kids spread it more than are affected by it. Yeah. So, the better options, really, would be to make it so it's online school only unless it's year 10 and 11 they're studying for their exams and then also um uh
0: year six because of sats
1: yeah uh year six as well
0: year two because they have sats then don't they
1: yes i believe so so, no, it's yeah, Year 2's, and... I didn't do stats in Year 3.
2: I did. They didn't call them stats, they just called them tests. Saying that, my, pro- my primary school was a year behind with everything. Mm. Like, what I learned in Year 4, I was meant to learn
3: in Year 3. But, uh, anyway...
2: So Ooh, I have just read a very bad number. There were 15,000 patients with COVID in hospital on Tuesday morning, inclu- including 797 requiring mechanical ventilation.
3: really not looking good for the uk at the
0: minute
1: no it, i think i think it's because i think we should just have another lockdown and then make sure that the schools also shut down because although boris has said we're not going to shut down schools they need to yeah if you're gonna stop the spread stop the spread by stopping the kids going into the school i mean yeah masks will help are not going to help as much as them being at home.
2: Yeah, but I think it's been so long now with him not believing it. The only way for him to believe it is for this to get really bad. Him lo- him do a partial lockdown so schools stay open and that not changing any of the figures. That's the only
3: way he would yeah. realize it. Is it starting to look a bit hopeless? Yeah.
2: I've actually seen here a top story from 29 minutes ago, so we're going to quickly go to that. UK records meet... UK COVID. UK records more than 150,000 deaths. This is an article from BBC News 34 minutes ago. More than 150,000 people in the UK have now died within 28 days of a positive COVID test since the pandemic had began now i don't like that figure very much because because that's within 28 days of testing positive not in that way um because um because it's within 28 days of someone testing positive in this figure if someone tested positive recovered and then died in say for example a car crash because it was still within those 28 days they would count in that number so, in reality, that isn't very accurate.
3: Hmm. Well, right. Because at
2: least 10,000 of them, I I reckon, would be non-Covid related. Which, still, if that was the case, 140,000 people is a lot. Hm, yeah.
3: Yeah. Right, shall we move on to the
2: next article now? Yes. This one is from a site that I think is begun- that I think is gonna become a favourite for this podcast, and it is Lad Bible. Now, um before I read mm. this out All the anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists have all been saying things like Oh my goodness, there's a microchip in the Vaccine. Don't get it. There's a microchip in it. The government wants to track you. And guess what this company has done? They've created a microchip implant that stores the COVID vaccination status under your skin. They have done the very thing that anti-vaxxers were were scared of. Now, there's probably going to be even more than ever before.
1: Yeah. It's genuinely stupid. Because you're just gonna scare people off even more what was wrong the orig- with the little card thing you get what's wrong with that you could just if people are asked to see to see it just show them they can read it and then you're on their, their uh, then you're on the way however i do see a pro to this people can no longer fake it
2: yeah i think that is so a if- good pro A
0: company in Sweden. Oh, Oh, what were you saying?
1: Uh, I was gonna. I I can't think of it. A A
2: company in Sweden have created a microchip implant that can be inserted under the skin to store information about someone's vaccination status. Epicenter, a startup based in Stockholm, Made headlines earlier this year with more than a hundred employees got access passes to their office implanted into their arms. Now it's unveiled a gadget consisting of an NFC near field communications implant that contains data which can be retrieved with a reader device such as as an NFC compatible smartphone.
1: Could I just there are a few things that I really don't like about this. Number one, the fact that the company that's made this is called Epicenter. Yeah. Does that not sound like a little bit too similar to the word epidemic, which is a word we were using before it became a pandemic?
2: Yeah. So, now that we know that this ship has been invented, the anti-vaxxers have a reason. Have even, or not have a reason. Have even more of a reason
3: not to believe it. Doesn't this
1: sort of go into the now possibly like dystopian future style thing? Yeah, because. Like of, like style of movies because it's it's always it's always like when, whenever you see like the trailers it's always like we're always happy etc cetera, etc cetera. that was terrible by the way I don't I understand that but ba- basically it's all it's always like it's always just like that one person who's like stuck there and basically everyone's robot like everyone's basically a robot it's yeah. like always happy it's like n- basically no one has an individual personality isn't this getting a bit close to that.
2: Yeah, it is starting to become it feels like it's starting to become a reality and because of it it's getting scary. Hmm. <sighs> well, there's
3: another
1: bit down here. Uh I'm not gonna attempt to pronounce uh the uh chief Dis- disruption officers um Last name. I'm just gonna call him Hans. <laughs> Actually, I might put it. Uh, he added, "In case your phone runs out of battery, it's always accessible to you." So of course, so of course, that's how we use this technology today. Next year, we are going to use it for something else.
2: That sounds creepy. Yeah.
1: Like
2: just something that else. Like om- that vagus- sounds like an ominous threat.
3: Used. It
2: does. Yeah. Like, oh, this. This is getting scary now, I mean one thing that freaked me out, was the day I had my vaccine, I literally thought about something, and I'm not saying there is a microchip in it or anything like that, but literally thought about something, I didn't say it aloud or anything like that, I didn't type it into
0: my
3: phone or anything,
2: the same day I got my vaccine. That did make me think. I highly doubt it, though. Mm. I think and hope it was just a coincidence.
3: Mm. Well, so, apparently, uh, it's also completely reversible. Oh, that's good.
2: Yeah.
1: So,
2: and also because it would run through, oh, what's the term? NFC. That's it. Because it would run through NFC. Already, all iPhones since I reckon about the iPhone six are compatible. I know definitely the ones after the iPhone ten or iPhone ten and after. I know they definitely are, because NFCs and NFC tags are like a big thing. This. Smart home, and I'm really into that sort of thing. So, I'm pretty sure most Android or Samsung phones are also compatible with it already as well. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next article, where we will be moving away from COVID and into politics once again from the BBC.
1: Yes,
2: politics. Okay, and you can read this one out if you want.
1: Okie So even though we move on to the politics segment, most of uh, political things are about, I guessed it, COVID. So this this area we're going to is the anti-vaccine campaigns are uh, mumbo jumbo, says Prime Minister. I'm, I don't think this... By the way, I don't think this has anything to do with the YouTuber mumbo-jumbo. So let's <laughs> out of it. Um. So Boris Johnson has accused anti-vaccine uh, campaigners of speaking mumbo-jumbo when it comes to coronavirus jabs.
2: Can I also Apparently, add quickly those... to what you were just saying? Yep. Oh. Um, we highly doubt that it was associated with the Minecraft YouTuber mumbo-jumbo and the roller coaster at Flamingoland, Mumbo Jumbo.
1: Anyway, uh the Prime Minister said that said those spreading false information on social media were totally wrong and that it was time for him to call them out. Unsurprisingly. Like, damage is already very crumpled image. Uh some European countries are making vaccination. Mandatory, but Mr. Johnson stressed it was important for the UK to maintain its voluntary approach, which is fair.
0: I suppose it is fair. In
1: the UK, 90% of over 12s have now had at least one dose of the vaccine, and nearly 83% have had the second dose, while 60% have had their booster or third primary dose.
3: Ooh.
2: Thursday's coronavirus figures showed 179,000 new COVID cases reported in the UK and 231 deaths within 28 days of a positive test. Hmm.
3: That's scary.
1: Oh, the other thing here is, Mrs. Johnson was speaking while on a visit to a vaccination centre in Northampton. Said, I want to, I want to say to the anti-vax campaigners, the people who are putting this mambo jumbo on social media, they are completely wrong. You haven't heard me say that before because I think it's very important. We have a voluntary approach in this country, and we are going to keep a voluntary approach. And said some other European nations were going for coercion. Uh, Italy is the latest country to make vaccination compulsory for some with all over 50s now being told to have the jab. Austria was the first to make it a legal requirement.
2: Now, at first, I I completely, completely, 100% supported making the vaccinations mandatory. However, now with Omicron showing that you need a booster jab to be protected... That's changed a lot of things. Like, I know a few countries who have put all of the unvaccinated people in lockdown. And at first I did think yeah, that is probably the way to go. But now with Omicron, it's not the smartest way.
1: To be honest, I honest, th- I think we should definitely keep with our approach of being voluntary. Yeah. Not that I'm against vaccinations, because I'm really not. I've had one dose. So, it's still, it's better than none, um, uh, I think it should still be voluntary, and the main reason why is because it should definitely just be a choice.
2: I should be getting my second dose end of January early February, hopefully, because it'll be 12 (laughs) weeks for me, end of January, so hopefully I can book it.
3: Yeah, but I
1: it should definitely be voluntary because otherwise people would be less likely to get it or want to get it. Yeah. Plus, people who do, who are like anti-vax and stuff, yeah, they have the right to not trust it. However, if they want to accidentally hurt and possibly kill innocent people, they can do that they'll just have to have a guilty conscience i i suppose it's a little bit of a sadistic way to think about it but yeah this is life
2: i mean I especially after that lad bible article with the um microchip becoming a real thing i can understand now why they
0: don't want the jab
3: I mean, I
1: I still think you should still get it. Definitely. It's just, it's understandable why people are hesitant.
3: Yeah.
1: It isn't understandable if you like if you think that it's gonna cause stuff such as autism. Yeah. Because autism genuinely isn't bad. Um, it can be. You can't contract autism.
2: You can't contract it, no, it's either you're born with it or you're not born with it, but in the sense of people with low-functioning autism, where they're in wheelchairs and can hardly even talk, I wouldn't say it's not a bad thing from that point of view.
1: That is true.
2: In terms of high-functioning autism, it's not so bad, especially in my case, because it barely affects my day-to-day life, and I get priority at theme parks.
3: Cookie on the bright side of everything. Yep. But so
1: but it's genuinely stupid to think that people think that it will give you that a vaccine will give you autism. Yeah. Because it doesn't. And the 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 claims that they're making are invalid. And I'm not saying that to, like, be like... Not
2: the microchip claims. ...or like that. As of now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah as of now. But I'm, say- I'm saying this in that the person they're talking about, who was a doctor in the 80s, has been stricken off. And all of his claims are false. So these people are believing information the outdated information that's untrue and then claiming it is, endangering many, many people. And
2: as a reminder for potentially anyone listening who still believes that doctor from the 80s, up until 1983 doctors believed babies couldn't feel pain, so if babies needed an operation, they wouldn't get any anaesthetic or anything. It would just be done there and then.
3: Hmm. Anyway, shall we
1: move it on?
2: Yep, we've stretched that ar- article out enough. Right, yep. so this is once again from the BBC. I understand anxiety over rising prices, says... Ch- is that Chancellor or... is is, isn't it? Uh,
0: Chancellor Rishi, Rishi Sunak.
2: I
1: don't know any other
2: yeah
1: pronunciation apart from chankala. chancellor.
2: Chancellor that doesn't sound right. Chancellor Rishi Sunak, he understands people's anxiety about rising prices and insisted he will always be listening to concerns.
1: I absolutely believe 100% about what he says. Totally. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. In case you couldn't pick that up, that was what's known as sarcasm, so, there we are.
2: For all the autistic people out there, (laughs) which it goes over their head, pointed to a living wage rise and the winter fuel payment as ways the government is helping people, but the Chancellor is coming under pressure from Labour and some of his own MPs to cut the VAT on energy bills and minister and minister Jacob Rees-Mogg I think I've said that right I apologize if I've butchered it is reported uh, to have raised concern correct pronunciation about
1: pronunciation
2: is Jacob Rees-Mogg but yeah, is reported to have raised concern about tax about a tax rise coming into force in April on Wednesday the financial times said the leader of the house Mr Rees-Mogg had argued against a hike in national insurance in a cabinet meeting, calling instead for savings to be made in government spending. The government says the rise will will initially help the tackled... will initially help tackle the backlog in the NHS, and later be invested in social care.
3: Why not instead they get some more money off of the rich
2: (coughs) yeah we spoke about this in the pilot episode taking this vat or tax or whatever you want to call it off of it would save households on average 200 pounds per month so it really would be worth it especially with how high
0: these prices are getting now
1: it's genuinely stupid like you I mean I don't really think you should be like actually I mean what I really think is that instead of like you have to pay for like energy and stuff I feel like that should like that should just be a right instead
2: yeah
3: I don't mind if
1: like if like the government was running it think, however, I don't know i'm not an expert
3: yeah. uh,
1: instead of you having to pay for the much you pay, I think it should be more you it should be a right yeah it's, you you should be able to have a warm home, you should be able to cook things, you should be able to have light you should be able to have whatever you'd like. Yeah. Uh, on It's stupid the fact that you actually have to pay for
2: it. On the same note, or sort of the same note, of having a home, um, it's predicted how many houses that are going up between Deerham and Norwich in Norfolk. It has been predicted that at one point in the future, consider it, that norwich and Dereham, and everything in between in norfolk in the uk will be one
0: i mean a lot and a lot of houses are being built out
2: at the moment and all of the co- nearly i
1: would i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if that would happen because it's happened before with colchester and old heath and a bunch of other villages yeah. because basically what happened was colchester is like a town where uh, a big town in essex and that had a bunch of like little villages such as old heath and stuff like that and colchester was getting so large that it basically swallowed up every uh all of the little villages surrounding it so basically what's left of like old heath now is basically just some road names yeah. And basically so the area where Old Heath the area where Old Heath is now is ba- that it's still Old Heath. It's part of Colchester. Yeah. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if that whole area of Deerham and Norwich just gets tumbled together as just like a larger Norwich.
2: Yeah, I mean right now there's to but at the, I think it's the west bit side of Norwich, a load of houses are being built, and that's the side pointing towards Deerham. Houses are being built on the east of Deerham, and also around a village near Deerham, about 10 to drive away Mattershall. Houses are now being built on the country land round there, and Mattershall is such a lovely village, and it will be such a shame for it to turn into a city. Or part of a city. It wouldn't surprise me at some points if the U- if counties in the UK go from being counties with loads of towns, cities, villages, just become one big city in that county and that's it. And the only farmland left would be for food supplies it's looking that way especially with norfolk
1: yeah my only thing with that would be is that with um because the government has to make sure that there are like tons of like green spaces so for like every like town and stuff like that there needs to be like tons of green space like in scottish hills and stuff Basically, you can't put a city in the Scottish Highlands, can you?
2: No. I suppose on that point also, let's say London. In London, there is more green space than than
0: roads and buildings and all the rest of it.
1: Which is good.
2: Very good.
1: Because... I prefer to look at some greenery and look at a building that's glass. And so, To be honest, a tree looks much more appealing than a building, to be honest. I think... Even if it is the tallest in the world, even if it's special in some sort of way, if the architecture is thousands of years old, don't care. Just don't care. If it's a tree, it looks nice. It helps me breathe.
2: It looks nice it until it dies. helps everyone
1: else breathe.
2: Yeah. And it doesn't look it so nice. It is nice
1: until
2: it dies. <laughs> I think personally. Yeah, but then again. <clears throat> I really like things of buildings like the Shard and that sort of thing. But uh, at the same time, I would rather tree in that space and like not literally just a tree replacing a whole huge building because that would be pretty ridiculous
0: a nice park like a
2: nice smallish park with like a nice tree uh, centerpiece in the middle
0: that would look so much better
2: Anyway, shall we move on to the next article now Saying that we pretty much had moved on to something that's not even in the sh- plan. <laughs> yeah. Right, here we go. Right. Is... Do you want
1: to do this one, or...?
2: Um...
3: If you want me to, I can. How about it. Okay.
2: Energy firms call for green levies on bills to be scrapped. The bosses of two energy firms are calling for green levies on bills to be scrapped to help customers with higher prices. The founder of Eco, Ecotricity described the levies on the energy bills as a stealth tax of hundreds of pounds a year. Centrica's boss is also urging government to fund green programs general taxation instead. Thousands of households have seen their energy bills rise in recent months. Spiralling wholesale gas prices, increased demand for energy in Asia and, and a summer with little wind have all contributed to soaring costs faced by suppliers and consumers. Ecotricity boss da- Dale Vince Told the BBC's wake told the BBC's Wake Up to Money program. The government talk about high energy prices and bemoan them, but what they don't talk about is the fact they take nine billion pounds a year from our energy bills in a combination of VAT and about five social and environment policies. Currently, about 12% of an energy. We're currently about 12% in energy bill set at the level of the energy price cap of £1,277 goes towards funding green energy programs, such as support for low-carbon and electricity
3: generation. Yeah. To be honest,
1: people have already gone over opinions on like, gas and stuff, electricity, but now that I've heard of like, like nine billion pounds being taken, admittedly that is England as a whole, Britain as a whole, but still, that is a lot. I can't think of much more to say on the matter.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is ridiculous. It it right. is ridiculous
2: for the It is completely ridiculous how high these are getting and when I am an adult and I have to pay this. I can't imagine how expensive it's gonna be and how much money it's gonna cost and unless they up the minimum wage, I doubt at first I'll be able to afford it mm. I mean in Australia, their minimum minimum wage is twenty seven pounds in the u k The minimum wage is around the £8 mark an hour.
1: How how are you meant to live? Off of £8 an hour? And also, I
2: think one reason why a lot of Brits like living in Australia is because in Australia, a Domino's Pizza costs a fiver. Over here, 18 quid! Hmm. To
3: be honest, Australia is the better option.
2: It is.
1: It seems.
2: I mean, other than
1: uh, like you see in um, what's it called? What's that B? What's that BBC show called?
3: Where they went to? Where they went to like? Australia I haven't a clue. I don't um... really
0: watch BBC. I rarely watch
3: like. The truth be told. So like, Down Under. He knows the something name. Something like Under or something. Uh,
1: basically, it would be like comparing Britain and Australia. Australia was just always the better option. Though some people stayed in Britain. Still, Australia's... Um. You, you could actually live in Australia. It's very hard to live in.
2: So there's three episodes here. I'm now looking at BBC iPlayer, the catch-up service for BBC. There's three different programmes that with down under in the name, emergency rescue down under, wanted down under, and wanted down under revisited. As,
1: it... I think it was wanted down under.
2: It's currently not available. The only one available is Wanted Down Under Revisited.
3: Yeah, that Wanted Down Under. Yeah. I just really hope, I mean,
2: it's been news so much. I really hope they do remove that VAT slash tax slash whatever it is. Is that could save so much money, yeah. and especially if the bills keep rising, then it will just save more and more.
1: Yeah. Anyway, shall we move yes, it on? Yes, I think
2: we shall. You can read the next one since I've read the last the two. The
1: other section.
2: Oh, we'll be yes. over to others now. We
1: will go... We are over to okay. others. Where? Again, get... we're back on the COVID <laughs> train. Yippee. So, uh... Armed Forces, uh, send 200 personnel to support the NHS in London. No. Um, so, the Armed Forces have have sent 200 personnel into NHS hospitals across London to plug staff shortages. The MOD, Ministry of Defence, will provide 40 defence medics and 160 general duty personnel for the next... Three weeks. Hospitals in London have been hit hard by staff absences. Pardon me. Uh, with thousands off sick or isolating as the Omicron variant surged through the capital. Unsurprisingly. Earlier this week, the PM said he hoped England could ride out the latest wave without further restrictions. And how's that turning out for you? Sorry. It's literally, um, like putting pressures the
0: UK on on cruise control. And
2: steering us in the opposite sometimes direction. Sometimes you need
1: to turn off cruise control. Yeah. E- even if you have automatic emergency braking, sometimes you will never avoid that accident. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Uh. So pressure on London's hospitals have increased over the last last m- over the past month, with 4,000 patients currently in hospital with COVID compared with 1,100 in early December. Now, the Royal College of Nursing's Director for England, Patricia Marquis said the deployment de- the deployment showed the government could not deny there was a staffing crisis in the NHs precisely the Prime Minister and others can no longer be dismissive of questions about the, the ability of the NH- of NHS staff to deliver safe care. She said across the u k about one thousand 800 armed forces personnel are supporting the NHS response to the pandemic. As of Friday morning, 16 hospital trusts in England were experiencing critical incidents. About one in eight of the total. A critical incident is declared when a trust is worried it might not be able to take to provide core priority services such as emergency care. It means they they can get extra help and draft staff in from other duties. Now, approximately 4% of staff at Acute NHS trusts in England were off because of COVID each day during the week ending 2nd of January. Last latest latest late, latest figures shown. That equates to 35,596 staff each day on average. Up by 41 on the previous week. That's 41%. 41%.
0: sorry.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well, this just proves that Boris's plan of putting things on cruise control and just letting the UK ride it out isn't working. Because if it was, we wouldn't be having the staff absences because of staff sick or isolated because of the variant meaning that the armed forces wouldn't have to be sent in and
0: it just really isn't doing as it should be done
1: basically another anal- uh, vehicle analogy we could go with is basically the has gone from gone and switched the vehicle into neutral because he thinks he can coast his way through the red light through the no like, the pretty lights. much red lights would he's be spot on li- light-
3: he's thinking that he's
1: got enough time to into through and past the uh in uh junction without having to stop the vehicle. However, he has misjudged this, misjudged this so much that he's actually had to put it into second gear.
0: That is a very big analogy.
1: However,
3: he hasn't put it into second gear. Still a neutral.
0: That sums Boris up pretty well.
1: Yeah. It doesn't act until the last mm, second. Pretty that. Anyway, away from COVID, uh, COVID, news in the other section. We move over to Cornwall, where a white-tailed eagle has been spotted. This
0: is once again from the BBC. Now, a white
1: Thank you. Now, the female eagle has been seen around Colerford Lake on Bodmin Moor. White tailed eagle, one of, the, one of Britain's largest and rarest birds of prey, has been spotted in Cornwall. Uh, the female eagle is one of six released in the Isle of Wight in 2019, says orphanologists. These birds are known as flying barn doors with a wingspan of more than two metres or Which six feet. Which is it's absolutely
2: north. huge. Like, genuinely. That seems ridiculous, Have it,
0: why would it need a wingspan that big?
1: Sliding, possibly? The species disappeared from the UK in the early 20th century, for, uh, following centuries of persecution by humans. So it's our fault. <laughs> the last known breeding pair in England were, were recorded at Culver Cliff, in the Isle of Wight, in 17. It's not everything human's fault nowadays. Six release birds were collected... Hmm, f- true. Because it yeah. is, but... I'll over that. Um, so the six release birds were collected from the wild in Scotland and brought to the Isle of Wight. Well, cons- conservationists, or almost said like conservatives... Um, they do a better job. That-, that is true, because it actually makes that mm-hmm. happen. I uh, hope that breeding pairs of white-tailed eagles could be established in the ne- in the country in the next 20 years. Chris Mason from the Bird- Cornish Watching and Preservation Society said it had been attracted to the lake by the plentiful of fish. And he, uh, Chris Mason, has said that she actually dwarfs a buzzard. So if you think. If you think a buzzard's wingspan is just over 1 meter to 1.3 meters, 4 foot, 3 inches, a white-tailed eagle wi- wingspan is 2.5 meters, or 8 feet, and 2 Which, inches.
2: Which once again, is huge!
1: So if you, if you think of your front door flying around in the air, that's pretty much what you've got. I don't
2: even think my front door is 8 foot. I think mine's about 7 at the very most. Your I, front door has—it has to be like the front door in to... a man- mansion to be eight foot. Hmm. Maybe the average front door in America. How
1: we move on?
2: Right, let's <laughs> let's move on to the next article from let's BBC on. once again. Salford police chase oh, we're in and driver jailed for dangerous driving. <clears throat> Mean.
1: a band a band driver
2: who sped up to 100 miles per hour 161 kilometers per hour in a stolen car while being pursued but by, by while well, pursued by police has been jailed Math, matthew Towler, 41 increased his speed that sounds like a game attack Matthew Towler 41, yeah. increased his speed when the police started to follow him in Little Holton, Salford at about 1.30 Greenwich Mean Time on the 25th of November. He also drove on the wrong side of the road, said pol- police said. Now driving on the r- wrong side of the road in the UK isn't actually illegal, it, as long, it's th- it's if you do it in a dangerous manner that it's if you do it, if you do it on like a straight road where you can see the whole road and ensure that there's and assure yourself there is no traffic, then it is completely legal to drive in the opposite lane. It's o it it's only when you do it when you can't see the road properly or if you're not sure traffic is coming on, because then it would come under dangerous driving
1: I mean to be honest I class anything like that as is... Driving anyway, but... yeah.
2: He also pleaded yeah. guilty at Manchester Crown Court to handling stolen goods and going equipped for the theft of a motor vehicle. Officers found 15 car keys, a lockpick and a device for cloning car keys when they arrested him. Reckless Greater Jeez. Manchester Police said Towler was driving at a high speed. At high speed in a stolen Ford Fiesta on Clegg's Lane, when officers started to follow him. As he
1: didn't even get information on the
2: Fiesta, <laughs> it?
1: is it like a Mark 1? Sorry, <laughs> car coming
2: through. Sorry, as... wait on. just wait a minute, your car section's coming up. As he was pursued by police, <sighs> he increased his speed and drove on the wrong side of the road. Towler then drove above 19 miles per hour. In in a 20 mile per hour area in Tildesley Town Centre I've probably butchered that before hitting a curb on Elliott Street and stopping, the force said. He got out of the car and ran off, but officers caught him and he was arrested. Detective Sergeant Daniel Worthington have I pronounced Worthington said Towler drove at excessive speed through narrow streets and his, regu- and his reckless actions could have easily resulted in a serious collision. He also praised officers for acting swiftly and professionally.
3: Lovely. To be honest, in some
1: points, there's... In some of these... There's a point of stating the obvious, isn't Yeah. not like, He went to jail. I wasn't going to get a ticket for driving on the wrong side of the road
3: at 100 miles away. Mm-hmm. I've just realised in a minute's time, this podcast will have been going on already for an hour. And on that
0: note, I think we should move on, because if we go any longer, then this is going to be a pain to upload
3: and edit.
2: So, I I don't get why you'd want to do that sort of thing, unless there's some big, I don't know, drug scandal, and I've just realised because of what we've been talking about today, this episode's going to be marked as explicit, Um, because unless it's some sort of drug scandal he got himself into... Or oh, I say, got himself into. You can get into them without wanting
0: to. Um.
2: Just why? What benefit has he got from it? Mm-hmm. All right. If we now right. move on to the next episode, article, and I think I'm gonna read this one because I like the look of the headline. This is from Lad Bible, which is now my favourite news source. Cow- <laughs> cows given virtual reality he- headsets, they think they are outside. Even cows get affected by the winter weather, so in an attempt to make them think they're in warmer... Cl- they're in warmer climes? I think that's a typo. In warmer climates, one farmer has fitted his cattle up with virtual reality goggles, Isaac Kokak, apologise if I've butchered your name. A farmer from Aksari, Turkey. I've probably butchered that too. Has had to bring his cows inside for the green winter, but he stills want them. But he still wants them to think for the winter. Sorry, I read two words at once but it still wants them to think they're outside enjoying sunny pastures and green grass. His solution? He fitted the cattle with virtual reality goggles to make them think that they are in fact enjoying some luscious green fields in the suns- sunshine. According to the sun, Kokak tried out the headsets on two of his livestock. A study suggested the pleasant scenes make the cows happier. Which in turn leads them to producing more milk. I have noticed one of the photos here is of one cow with two headsets on one for each eye.
1: <laughs> Probably because. Uh,
2: I mean, it'd be impressive if there was a reality headset big enough.
3: Heads. Did I
0: just say headshot? headset? Headset.
2: Apparently it works too, with output increasing from 22 litres to seven to 27 litres a day of milk per cow.
3: Be
1: honest.
2: Certainly not a bad idea, but you... I think it's a rather expensive one. It's
1: not a bad idea, but it feels a little bit inhumane, doesn't it? Not does it not?
2: Bear in mind.
1: I feel I feel like instead they should be out there, not. But if, but uh, then again, it it, ma- if
2: it, it makes, makes them, them happier. happier but... And this time of year, especially in the UK, according to this article, it's too cold for them. They wouldn't necessarily survive.
1: It's true.
2: Right. Let's move on, and uh, you can read the first article from gaming. I think. This is from pcgamer.com
1: Oh look at this
3: <laughs>
0: oh. I forgot about this
1: yeah. <laughs> So from pcgamer The Pope started 2022 Song from hit RPG te- uh, Do you Metal. want
2: to repeat that? You cut out then Or at least you did for me
1: level. So, the Pope started 2022 by blasting a song from hit RPG, Undertale. (laughs) So, for some reason the Pope has now heard one of the most iconic video game songs of the 2010s, as cited by, by Kotaku. Today, during a weekly general audience, the speakers in the Vatican blasted Undertale's Megalovania or Megalovania, as circus performers juggled and unicycled in front of His Holiness. Has <laughs> video proof too, in case you like me. In case you like me, couldn't believe this actually I think actually that comma happened. is
2: very necessary. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that just that it literally sounds. Like a circus <laughs> with the Pope. Hmm,
1: it does.
3: So, um,
1: so late into the circus circus. segment, the song that, What's that he used to say circus. Sorry, uh, the song that. That backs undertale's boss fight with sans or sans depending on how you pronounce stuff uh, Plays and nobody bats an eye this Jazzy trumpet filled field version of megalovania Megalovania works pretty well with the performance and the wide camera shots of the performance perfor- performance Performers juggling balls while an expressionless audience looks on Make it extra surreal
2: it, it literally just sounds. Um, it literally just sounds like a circus performance. That isn't true. I ni- I want to find that video. I'm not going to because it would waste time. But oh, I really want to find it. Sure. I just
3: found this. Guys, nice.
1: um... Where am I? Right, well, uh, yeah. Me.
2: Uh, I'll read the next one. This is once again from PC Date from PC Gamer. Here we go. Quantum dot OLED gaming monitors aren't just sci-fi nonsense, they're the future. QD OLED is set to bring incredible colour contrast and and response times to the world of gaming monitors. QD, QLED or Quantanium dot organic light emitting diodes. If you're feeling fancy, sounds to me like something Spielberg invented for his latest sci-fi instalment. But after some del-, del after some delving, there we go. After some delving, it actually it's actually looking to be one of the most interesting in innovations we've seen in the in the gaming monitor space of recent bendable screens aside of aside of course Samsung just rolled up at, C, at CES 2022 with the Odyssey G8 QNB gaming monitor with its 175 Hz refresh vivid colors and ultra wide 1440 4K curved design 4040p curved design but what I'm most excited about is the fact that it works on QD OLED display technology. It's the... T- it's...
3: I'm stuck now on a word. It's...
0: torting I'm going to guess. Forget same
2: pat... It's... I'm honestly stuck. I'm not sure if it's meant to be taunting and it's a typo, or what it is. I'll just say taunting. Taunting. It's
1: same pack behind the new Alienware AW3423DW. It's a mouthful. Failed during the chaos of CES. For that reason... For ...that reason, both technically hold the title. Of ...World's first quantum dot... ...OLED.
3: Game O-L-E-D. Monster.
1: <laughs> oh, do.
2: not OLED. Either way, we've been... E- they've... Sorry, I'm reading this from the per- from the person of the... Unless you wrote the article. They've been exploring what, what it... Duh, 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 that bit doesn't matter. Now, this, personally, seems like it could really improve the future of gaming. Because obviously one of the biggest things is having a good screen. Because if you've got a 320p screen to use obviously that's not gonna uh, you could get a computer powerful of more than powerful of doing it in 8k wouldn't be good enough and considering this is curved too it makes it seem more immersive it's OLED meaning that you're gonna be able to get the perfect black color it is, quite frankly, the future yeah. of gaming.
3: I think any monitor, to be honest, is or was the future At of some gaming. some point, yeah.
0: Right, yes. not much.
1: Shall we move it on to the final yep. piece of that I'm...
2: one? I'm going to ask a question. You can do
1: this well.
2: Did you say, shall we move uh- on? Because you've noticed your car segment is next. That doesn't surprise me. Right, once again from PC Gamer. Razer's modular desk concept looks like a massive gaming laptop with legs. And the person who wrote the article has got to have it. They've always wanted a control console from a Star Trek starship, and Razer's latest CES concept design delivers all that. Well this is more li- well this is more like it a CES twenty twenty two concept design that's relatively fresh and delightfully ridiculous. I give you Razor's Project Sophia, a modular gaming desk concept that promises to be the gaming battle station of the future that still somehow feels like a giant laptop. The basic idea is a gaming desk with a glass top which you can slot in thirteen separate mo mod modules, yeah, to really personalize your setup. these modules range from system monitoring gubbins, secondary te- teter tertary, and maybe even se- Secondary, three, and maybe even four screens, pen tablets, or a cup warmer. If you want a cup of tea kept warm, you you best balance it on the GeForce RTX 3090 built into your desk. That does the job, but doesn't like a spill. So maybe a glass topped warmer is a better option. Thanks, Razor this does look hilarious this design it looks like a gaming laptop with just a couple of buttons maybe a power button a trackpad spacebar wasd shift control and enter? Well, it reminds me of... what it reminds me of like one of
3: those um
1: like, tables that you put your laptop on so you could, like, do your laptop stuff in bed. Yeah.
2: Like... And I also notice it's, it's got RGB lights on the front. Typical gamer style. And also typical Razer style. Right, I think now it's time to move on to the moment Lysander's been waiting for. And uh, I, at least one e- of the listeners, I reckon, it's... is the car section.
3: Yes, so
1: on this week's episode, see what I did there, we have instead we are instead of looking at cars from the future, we'll be looking at cars from the past. Starting with the Ford Anglia one oh five E. So this car was worth five hundred and eighty nine pounds. Doesn't sound like a lot, but in today's money it was around a thousand pounds. The Anglia is very 50s or 60s, the elongated head, lights are thin on the back, all of that. Now, not many know, but this car was actually the first car made on Merseyside. I don't know what that is, sorry. Uh, it used an engine that came, from, that came second in the 1963 East African Safari Rally. Ford made over 10 million of the Kent engines, and it was so durable, its descendants ended up powering the Ford KA, or car, from all the way up to 2008. And it was more reliable than a Hillman Imp, tougher than a Triumph Herald, and more comfortable than a Millie. Millie? Mini. One of Ford's best sellers. And that's it. So
2: that's what you've been excited for the whole time. Okay, right on to the the (laughs) final section of today's program, and the section I've been looking forward to, it's the theme park section. Starting off with walesonline.co.uk. New theme parks and hotels to welcome UK visitors. Latest Orlando Holland. I tell you what, I'm going to be true. Truthful. I didn't read the article title properly when preparing this. So we're going to move straight on to a bit that I actually planned in advance, which is Drayton Manor. Now, actually, no, before Drayton Manor, which is the bit I'm most excited for, we're going to um, where we are talking about... The new Walk the Big One XL experience at Blackpool Beach. Blackpool Pleasure Beach have been doing Walk the Big One for a couple of years now, where you can get a guided walk, all security, harness and everything, up the Big One's lift hill and then take photos at the top, or do whatever you want. As of the other day, the 7th of January, which I believe was thursday i remember seeing it announced on facebook they've announced the big walk the big one xl which is where you can walk around more parts of the ride than just the lift hill this is what the article says blackpool pleasure beach is introducing a new walk the big one xl experience to the theme park this summer thrill seekers will be taken to places the public has never. Never been before, as the original Walk the Big One attraction is extended. Participants will will ascend the 72 meter coaster and are taken to two new, exciting and different locations outside the ride course to enjoy unique access and spectacular views of the ride, the park, and the sea. Now, at, as of the moment
1: sounds very At the exciting. moment, blackpool
2: pleasure beach is the big one is the tallest coaster in the uk however recently thorpe park have announced plans for one that's gonna be taller than it now that well how they've been crafty is that is thorpe park have announced it from from sea level when the big one is measured from ground level so they're saying it's like a good 30-40 foot taller when in reality, if we measure them at the same distance from ground level, this new coaster is only gonna be a foot taller than the big one. That is, if planning permissions even accepted, it's still in the works at the minute. Any rate moving on now, we are going to what I have been waiting for. This is Brayton Manor. I am not going to lie with you, this was released just over a week ago, uh, actually a week today. Drayton Manor put on their social media pages, something's coming, with a hammer and a shield emoji, and then the hashtag invading2022. They then post- proceeded with a video of what of what seems to be the text, invading, and then 2022. Then, it goes to black, saying draytomallard.co.uk slash invasion. If we go to that site, it says the exact same message. Just invading 2022 for the newsletter. Now, looking at the theming, it is rumoured that this is going to be a new Viking area. This a new area, as well as Adventure Cove, and originally known as Adventure Cove Part 2, has been speculated um as in the area next door to adventure cove there have been removals including pandemonium i'm pretty sure apocalypse is up for sale and also a couple of other rides and this is and also in this area markings appeared at the end of the last season which seemed like construction markings which was a big hint now um one thing that is in this area at the minute is Buffalo. And if I load up the roller coaster database quickly and find Buffalo at Strayton Manor, it has been operating since 1987. It is a custom Zamperla powered coaster and it's a family coaster. Now, what people are wondering is because it is very unlikely this coaster will be removed from the park, will it be refree? Pardon me. Will it be re-themed? That is the question everyone is wondering at the minute. And as soon as we get... As soon as we get word of whether or not it will, you can expect, at the end of the week, it to feature in that week's episode of this week. As confusing as that sounds. And I think on that note, that brings us to the end. Unless you've got anything else you want to add, Lysander? Nope! Okay, well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week. Next, yeah, if
1: you've
2: made it this far. Ne- which I doubt. Make sure to tune in next Sunday from... Well, it goes live every Sunday at 6am. I doubt anyone is up early enough to listen to it. Because even people who do night shifts are asleep by then. Mm. That's 6am Greenwich meantime. So every Sunday when you wake up, a new episode will be waiting for you. Thanks for w- listening, I nearly said watching. And from both me and Lysander, I'll see you next time. Bye.
3: What?